If the zombie apocalypse was to happen today, like in an hour or so, or just happen right now, I'm not going to say I'd be ready, but I'd be ready. I'd be ready basically to know that I have to take the proper steps to survive and to do what I got to do to survive. But honestly, if the zombie apocalypse was to go down, give me like, give me like a week. Give me a give me a week of CNN and 6ABC and Fox. Give me a week of them saying, you know, next week on Friday at two o'clock, the zombie apocalypse is going to happen. They're going to drop a, a can of trioxin on Philadelphia and blah, 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 blah. You know, like give me give me a week to prepare. You know, I can I can get some food together. I can get some weapons together. I can get some makeshift weapons together. Get on my MacGyver shit, sharpen some sticks, you know, make some crazy, um, some crazy type of weapons that I didn't even know I could make. Give me, give me a week for preparation. Give me a week for preparation. I feel like I would, I would be half decent. Now, whether I would stay in the house, I, I actually, my, my ultimate goal would be to get to a shopping mall and now i know there are a lot of entrances a lot of exits but i feel like once you case that place and make it your own it's straight up dawn of the dead status you know you home you home you, you can be there for a good while but as far as the zombie apocalypse goes there are a lot of people that you know i always had i have certain conversations with certain people about the zombie apocalypse because that's what we can do we can joke around we can talk about shit and you know, whether it be real life or fantasizing about shit. We, I, I had a conversation with some of my friends before about the zombie apocalypse. And I straight up told them, I said, first person I'm going to get is my daughter. You know, uh, and people should understand that automatically. Everybody else is going to fall into place after that. And it's not going to be a lot of people that's going to fall into place. Because there's a lot of people that I'm the type of person. I'm, I know who's a liability and, and who's not. You know, if you're an asset perfectly fine we gonna survive but if you're a liability you ain't coming up in my place uh you know in my place of peace my place of protection so that means if i have a shopping mall and i hear somebody knocking at the door if i'm at a crib and i hear somebody ringing the bell or yelling through the window or something and i look out there and i see that you are a liability you're not getting in because i want to survive and I, there's all it takes and we don't see this in so many zombie movies people all it takes is one person to compromise everything to fuck up everything, every survival tactic that you have built on for a zombie apocalypse. It takes one motherfucker to have everything go fall swoop. Everything get fleshed out and toilet. Classic example, Night of the Living Dead, 1968. Keith Wayne's character, Tom. Now, while his girlfriend, uh, Judy, played by Judith Ridley, while she wasn't supposed to go out there, I still feel like Tom wasn't fit to handle that. You know, he he not only did he get happy feet when he got out there, but he's he's he spilled all the gasoline on the torch. The torch lit up the fucking, um, you know, the truck. He drove off with his girlfriend, left Ben at the gas pump for one, and he blew up the truck. It takes one motherfucker to screw it up. So with that being said, people, there are a lot of people I would not go back for. There are a lot of people I would not involve myself with. And the people that I am cool with, shout out to y'all, but. You know, like I said, I'm going for my daughter and my my immediates. That's it. But the people that I am cool with, we still cool. We'll we'll meet up a couple seasons later. 
you know, we'll be bearded up, scruffy as all hell, probably dirty as fuck, depending on the living conditions and how bad the world is. But we'll meet up a few seasons uh, down the line. You know, we'll be, you know, we'll run into each other, probably draw weapons on each other because we don't even recognize one another because we're all scruffed up and shit. But it'll be like, oh, that's you. Cool. You surviving out here? You got your peeps? Yeah, you got yours? Yeah. All right, tell your people, have your people call my people. Let's go. Let's rock out. And then, then, and we good. We squad again. But other than that, man, I, I am all about assets. Assets will help you survive. You know, and I'm all about survival. That's one of the reasons why zombies scare me more than slashers, more than demons, more than vampires, more than wolves and witches and all the other shit that the horror genre has to offer. It scares the shit out of me because it, there's no worse feeling for me than being eaten alive. And that's one of the reasons why I think slow zombies are scarier than fast zombies. Fast zombies, you're going to go into shock a lot faster. You know, they're going to they're going to just tear your ass apart. Slow zombies, as you can see from something like Dawn of the Dead, you know, when the bikers got eaten or Day of the Dead in particular, when Rhodes, Captain Rhodes gets literally pulled apart in two pieces by the zombies slowly, that takedown is, is going to be vicious. They're going to take you down slow. They're going to take their time with you. They're going to, you know, they're they going to eat their meal slow. They ain't got nowhere to be. They got forever to roam the earth. They don't have anywhere to be. So slow zombies, slow zombies, just the idea of getting eaten alive, man, it's, it's just, ugh, ugh. it just, you know, it makes me shudder. So this episode is going to be about is my ultimate zombie apocalypse team, my survival team. Um, people from famous zombie movies, I, I made a list of top 10 and these are just the people that I'm almost certain if I had all 10 of these people on my team, we're going to survive. You know, if it was a TV show, we're going to have a hundred thousand seasons because nobody is going to die because everybody is efficient. Everybody is trustworthy and everybody is, you know, they, they, they are going to pull their weight. And as the list goes on, you guys will probably see why I picked who I picked. Now, my number one pick for my zombie apocalypse team, of course, is Ben. And I mean the Tony Todd version of Ben from Night of the Living Dead 1990. I picked this Ben because yeah, Ben can shoot a gun, but very rarely does he bust a gun in the Night of the Living Dead remake. This motherfucker, if he's not using a tire iron, he's using his bare hands and his feet or a torch. Ben is Tony Todd's version of Ben is physical, man. He went straight up. I'm talking old school WWF, like when it used to come on USA Saturday mornings type shit. He went straight up old school WWF with these zombies to the point where he was whooping their ass so bad. They look like rag dolls. Like I used to wonder if Tom Savini had like like, uh, you know, rubber dummies playing these zombies in a lot of damage scenes or if they were just good ass stunt doubles because or, or stunt actors because Tony Todd is roughing these zombies up with like just no guns at all. So you can save the ammo when you got him around. You know, he he's he's an enforcer. He's a he's the muscle. So of course, Ben, hands down, and and you know, he he was a he was a protector also. You know, he came right away when he met Barbara, uh, played by Patricia Patricia Tallman in the remake. 
you know, he was a protector of her. I mean, as Dwayne Jones was in the original movie, but I feel like this version of Ben was just way more badass. And he is definitely number one on my list. Number two is Peter from Dawn of the Dead, 1978. Ken Foray played Peter. Peter, I picked him second because he is the trained commando SWAT guy. His aim is on point. He can actually whoop ass. He does, you know, he does some kung fu punches and kung fu kicks throughout the movie. He picks a zombie up while he's on the third floor and tosses his ass off the balcony onto the, onto the ground. Like Peter on all fronts, you know, he can, he can use them hands. He can tote them guns, whether it be a pistol, whether it be a little pea shooter, whether it be an assault rifle, whatever it is in his hands, he's going to make it work. And Peter's very, he's very resourceful, man. You can see at the end of Dawn of the Dead, when the, uh, when the bikers break in, he is, uh, you know, the looters, he's, uh, he's in full commando mode. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's roll, he's doing, uh, you know, his, his military rolls and shooting while he's on the ground, on his stomach, he's crawling all over the place. He's going up ladders. He's, he's hitting light switches and shit. Like he is in full blown commando mode. So I can definitely trust, not to mention, I got two brothers already. So we good. That's the trifecta right there. Um, number three, Bert from The Return of the Living Dead, the original, 1985, played by Clue Gulliger. Bert, I would pick because Bert is like, <laughs> Bert's like that father figure who knows he's an asshole, but he knows he's saying everything for a reason. He's flip. I, I like that Bert flips out. You know, he snaps on people. He yells a lot, <laughs> but he's going to take charge and you know all Bert really uses throughout that movie is uh I think a lead pipe and at some point he uses a baseball bat he actually cleans Tarman's fucking head right off his shoulders with a baseball bat so that's a win right there in my book for uh for Bert to be on my team like I said he's he's like a father figure man he's that guy he's like that coach that uh he's like that college basketball coach that at halftime like if we're getting our asses kicked by the zombies and we're getting outnumbered he's that guy that's going to have us in the locker room somewhere before the zombie horror comes in and he's just gonna uh what's the what's the matter with you you idiot frank you know like how he was yelling at james karen that's how he's gonna yell at everybody and get them motivated and he's gonna push he's gonna push us to survive you know we're not gonna die if we have a motivational speaker who can also whoop ass like bert on the team number four this was uh this was a weird choice for me but i figure with the uh with the ailment uh, fixture actually it's not an ailment it's a fixture that she has she is more than enough help now I was going to have Julie Walker from Return of Living Dead 3 but I felt like that was a cheat I want all my zombie apocalypse team members to be living breathing uh, not the undead so as much as I wanted Julie and she could have been like a little informant and infiltration unit for the zombie apocalypse no I couldn't use her it would have been cheating so I chose Cherry Darling as number four from Planet Terror, played by Rose McGowan. Now, y'all already know, I'm not talking about Cherry Darling in the beginning. I'm not talking about Cherry Darling when she was at the hospital. I'm talking about Cherry Darling when El Rey, uh, Freddy Rodriguez, gave her that machine gun leg. That, I listen, that's all we need. You can walk around. You can carry her. You know, you can pick her up and just carry her in your arms and just clean up. Now, 
as far as physics go, I don't know. We, we know it's a fucking movie. So it's like, yeah, how will how she shoot the gun when it's attached to her leg? Nobody cares. You didn't go to the movie to see realism. You went to see Planet Terror Grindhouse. That's what you went to see. So Cherry Darling having that machine gun on her leg, that's all she needs. And, you know, God forbid they give us some type of advancements for her because everybody knows at the end of Planet Terror, she had basically a minigun on her leg. So if you got that, you can clear out hordes with no problem. You can just hold her ass up to a gate or whatever um, outskirts that the, the dead are trying to get into what, or whatever structure we're in. And she could just clean up. We don't even have to literally clean up the mess. She could just clean up all wig shots, and that's all she wrote. She could take, um, imagine the damage she could do with a machine gun leg, just taking out hordes with all wig shots. Any, everything above the neck. That's awesome. Cherry Darling is a steal. She could actually post up in like a sniper's post or something, give her a sniper rifle on her leg. I mean, it wouldn't, it really would defeat the purpose because she, it would be hard to look through the scope. Yeah, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but Cherry Darling, yeah, man, of course. Now, another woman I would have on the team who is also a badass, but has both of her legs intact, Alice from Resident Evil, Mila Jovovich. Now, Alice, um, I really didn't say whether I would want her with or without that. I mean, she already had the, the T-virus, I think, inside of her in the first movie. I really don't remember. haven't seen it in a little bit. But Alice, even in the first movie, you know, she's toting guns. She's she's jumping off of walls and kicking dogs in the face and breaking their necks and shit. She's doing all kinds of stuff in that movie. But if I could have Alice, you know, and that T-virus just continues to mutate inside of her. Cool, because in Resident Evil 3, she was manipulating fire. You know, she was doing all kinds of shit. She was bringing up floorboards and causing sonic waves when she was fighting the tyrant at the end. Alice is going to wreck shop on the zombie apocalypse team and not only does she know the zombies but she knows how to whoop the monsters ass so if the zombie apocalypse uh transpired into something bigger than what it was we know we good because we know she could fuck up some monsters some tyrants some crows some dogs uh some liquors all types of stuff man you know we're we're good even the chimera or whatever the hell that thing was with the wing she was uh kind of giving that thing to run around so alice would definitely be an asset plus people are afraid of her you know, so if we would run into people, you know, um, if we would run into people like on the on the road or something like that and they tried to pop shit, we just have Alice, you know, have her pupils do that thing that they do. You know, her pupils would have the umbrella, <laughs> you know, the umbrella symbol pop up in them and people would probably just back off like, all right, man, y'all got it. Um, my number six would be Cholo from Land of the Dead, played by John Leguizamo. Now, I know Cholo. I mean, one of the things I said is that the people on my zombie apocalypse team would have to be trustworthy. I know Cholo went rogue, but one of the things I want people to keep in mind in Land of the Dead, he never killed, uh, you know, he never killed Riley. He never killed Slack. He never killed uh, Charlie. He didn't turn on anybody. He just wanted to kill Kaufman, but he did that at the expense of splitting the team up. Now, like I said, he was a rogue guy. He didn't kill anyone on the team. And he wasn't necessarily responsible for that guy's death. Um, I, I want to say was it? Sh it wasn't Sean Ashmore that played him. I'm, I can't remember the actor's name. But there was a guy that got bit, and you know Riley kind of said that it was Cholo's fault. When really it wasn't, because you know he said it himself. He said the kid took the job just like anybody else. He knew the risk, and that's absolutely true. But you know, I like Cholo, man, because he 
was still honorable at the end of the day, no matter what was going on with him and, uh, and, and Riley and Kaufman and all that other shit. He didn't, you know, he didn't kill it. He didn't take it out on any of his, uh, squad members. And that's very rare to see because you get somebody like Rhodes and Day of the Dead played by Joe Palato, who just abandoned his crew. You know, he left him down there to die. He, he, if he could have got out there on that elevator, he would have left him. You know, and he locked the door on the rest of his soldiers. So Cholo definitely, plus Cholo's got that cool ass, um, you know, he's got that arrow gun. So that's, that's definitely a dope touch. A dope weapon to have because he can just pull the arrow out and insert it back into the thing. It was one of the cooler weapons in the George A. Romero movies, actually. Um, number seven, and I don't, I don't want anybody to <laughs> don't fault me for putting this as number seven. The movie wasn't good, but I like what they did with the character Salazar from Day of the Dead 2008, played by none other. But y'all favorite rapper, Nick Cannon. Now, hear me out. While we know we can't take Nick, Nick Cannon seriously as a gangster, while we know the Day of the Dead remake in 2008 was a piece of shit, no disrespect to Steve Miner, but you could have did a hell of a lot better than that, dude. And George A. Romero would have been appalled to see that. Um, Salazar, let's not forget, while it was a goofy-ass movie, Salazar was shooting pistols. He was shooting Uzis. He was shooting uh, um, shotguns. He was swinging machetes. He had a makeshift sword that he made in the supply room. So while, you know, people can say what they want about Nick Cannon, he was the token black guy once Ving Rhames died in that movie. Spoiler alert. Once Ving Rhames turned into a zombie and died, Nick Cannon was that token black guy who was holding shit down, man. He he really was. He was wrecking shit. He probably caught more bodies in that movie than any of the surviving characters. And I think his character died. I think in the alternate ending he lived, but he died in the it wasn't a theatrical run. The final cut he he uh, his character was eaten off. But yeah, man, he he was putting in work. He was. He, and and he was catching bodies. Now, as far as the dialogue and all that shit goes, yeah, we we know it wasn't we we know we know we can't take Nick Cannon seriously in in a role like that but for what it's worth man I would I would rather have Salazar on my team than um you know than Bud Bud was the guy who you know he was the vegetarian zombie basically who had a crush on Mina Savari I'd rather have a Salazar than a Bud on my team that's for damn sure now number number eight actually of course this was a no brainer and it, it was really hard to choose one from this entire uh show but ultimately it came down to daryl from the walking dead played by norman reedus daryl is a character that this guy is going to eat squirrels he's going to eat snakes he's going to eat turtles he's going to do whatever the fuck he has to do to survive this guy was in the woods eating wildlife he's using a bow and arrow which he can just take that arrow out and put it right back in his uh in, in the arrow case Daryl is a badass man and I was while I wanted to say Rick Daryl is way less forgiving than Rick was Rick is the reason why you know Negan's still alive I feel like it was up to, if it was up to Daryl Negan would be dead if it was up to Daryl a lot of shit would have went differently and this is one of the reasons why him and Rick clashed a lot because Daryl's a rebel you know at most I would have to worry about you know him bumping heads with somebody because he wants somebody dead and then I would have to worry about Daryl running off into the woods somewhere to, to go rogue and to go live on his own and shit like that. But for the most part, he's a rider, man. He saved so many lives. 
He's been down for so many people that have ended up getting killed. You know, he he's bumped heads and then sided with people all over again. Daryl is one of the greatest zombie apocalypse survivors in the Walking Dead TV show, period. Probably top three. And that goes for anybody that's alive or dead. Um, I Honestly, it's hard to say whether... You know, like I said, a lot of things would have been different if Daryl was in charge and Rick was like second in command. Shit would have went way different, man. And that's one of the reasons why, like, if Daryl was on my zombie apocalypse team, he's the person where I would just, he's like the goon, where I'd just be like, listen, dog, um, I don't like the way shit's going down. I need you to go handle that for me. He would just kind of like, like grunt and, and nod and just go over there and just handle it, man. He gets shit done, you know, with, with or without the weapons. He gets shit done. Plus, he had a badass fight scene with Beta, you know, a knife fight. And he was he was giving Beta some work and he actually won that fight. So Daryl definitely gets kudos for that. Now, number nine, as it's coming to a close, my number nine zombie apocalypse team member is a guy by the name of Sang Hua uh, from Train to Busan. And he's played by Dong Siok Ma. Hopefully I said that name right. I feel really confident in that one. But if anybody doesn't know who I'm talking about, I'm talking about the big guy. He basically was the Arnold Schwarzenegger of Train of Busan. He's the guy that wraps his wrists up. He's got a pregnant wife. He's the guy that in the scene, um, you know, when you have to get from train car to train car, he wraps his wrists up and he is just literally a brute that is running through these zombies. He's a guy that was not only was he protecting his pregnant wife, the main character, he's protecting him and his daughter too. Like the guy is just taking charge. He is the, he is the enforcer of the entire movie. He's one of the best parts of train to Busan actually. And it was, he was definitely one of the most emotional scenes when he got bit and he was changing and he kind of was telling the guy, you know, go ahead without me, you know, look out for my wife to stand other. But him, all I have to worry about is pissing him off. Somebody pissing him off because he would probably just beat him to death with his bare hands. Because the guy, like I said, he is a bruiser, but he is another enforcer. Like my team's looking pretty swell right now, man. We looking like we, you know, we looking like we gonna make it to the All Star game. You know what I'm saying? Like I, like we can't lose right now. We can't lose, especially with this guy Sang Hua, who was just he 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 was front row. He was front row. He knew he was the biggest guy, so he knew he was going to be right in the middle, a little bit further in front, and he's going to be wrecking shit. He's going to clear a path for everybody else, and if he has to, he's going to be um, that guy to make, you know, as they said in Avengers, the sacrifice play, and I don't have a problem with that at all, but I'm the type of person I want to, you know, strength in numbers. I would want to keep him around, so I would tell him to lay off the suicide missions and shit like that, so... My last is my number 10, and it's kind of a cheat because this character is in the same movie as um, Cholo from Land of the Dead. And I didn't want to use two people from the same movie, but it dawned on me that I needed another woman in, um, you know, you need you need. You need the women in there. You need the women in there to keep to keep the men's zins, to keep them grounded. You know what I'm saying? You you need that uh that estrogen in the zombie apocalypse. You need that. Plus procreation. You know, let's say we are the only survivors. Procreation, man. It's all about procreation at the end of the day. Building a new world and a new life and all that good shit. Even though it would be very selfish and fucked up to bring a child into the world of zombies. That's a pretty pretty ballsy thing to do. But um, my number ten, slack. 
from Land of the Dead. If anybody doesn't know who that is, because I actually didn't know her name in the movie. Her name's Slack, played by Asia Argento. Dario Argento's daughter, actually. But um, Slack is the girl that, you know, she was toting that G36 uh, assault rifle in Land of the Dead. She was the one that kind of had a thing for Riley towards the end. She was, I think she was, a, she was, a, she used to work the streets. She was a prostitute that Kaufman picked up. But Slack, the first time we see Slack, she's actually in a cage fight. She's actually bait for these two zombies. Uh, you know, they spray paint one's mouth black. They spray paint one's mouth red. So they're placing bets on black and red. But Slack is actually the bait that's inside of this cage match. But she's whooping ass. You know, she's kicking. She's punching. And when she gets her hands on some weapons, she's a badass, man. She she really is. And she's a, she just seems like a natural. Like, she seems like nothing really scares her at all. And she's a hell of a shot. You know, she lets she lets that thing on. Like I said, that G36, when she first gets her hands on it, um, she's actually she has Riley's back. Not that he needs it, but there's a, a asshole soldier who's making fun of Charlie. And then Riley comes up. He's like, I can make a whole lot of fun out of you. It must be easy to make fun out of him. Huh? So Riley walks off and the guy starts walking behind Riley to kind of retaliate. And she walks up to him and she says, I'll take this one. And she cocks the G36 back and then she smiles at him. That's badass. Like you need a chick like that who's not scared of anything or anyone. She's just fearless in that movie. And that's one of the things I admired about um the character of Slack was she was fearless. She didn't give a shit. And you know, there's a scene where they're on the bridge and Riley has to open up the um the control booth to lower the bridge. I think he's lowering the bridge so they can get past and he's ready to just shoot it off with a pistol. Slack commandeers the turret gun on on uh, the dead reckoning uh vehicle and she shoots the whole fucking door off the hinges and he's like he's like well what the fuck are you doing and she says i'm making myself useful and kind of smiles at him again you need slack even though that was definitely uh that was a security risk she would have had to get a pep talk and maybe a written warning after that or something like that man because you don't let a turret gun off while i'm while i'm right at the door you know i don't care how good of a shot you are you could have sneezed or something like that and misfired and i would have been looking like swiss cheese out there but yeah slack definitely finds her way into my top 10 and that that is my top 10 zombie apocalypse team members people i feel like with that team i'm definitely gonna survive um some of my honorable mentions uh spider miguel a. nunez from return of living dead he just cried too much in that movie for me and i feel like one of the things that took away from his cool points was the fact that he got slapped the fuck up by Don Kalfa, you know, when it, when uh, when Spider was crying and Freddy had turned into a zombie, you know, he's just hysterically crying after he puts he drops Tina on the couch after he carries her from the uh, from the chapel and he's crying and, and um, Ernie just slaps him twice, you know, and he's still kind of like sniffling crying after that. So it's like, no, we don't we don't need that, man. We don't got time for that. You know, I would want to cry during the zombie apocalypse, but I know it'd be people watching me and I would kind of sort of want maybe almost possibly want to be the leader so i can't have people seeing me in a state like that so no diss to spider shout out to miguel a. nunez but i will i'll i'll we can't have that you're a liability man you're a liability one of the other people i wanted to have on my team was a uh, what's his name roger uh scott erringer from dawn of the dead 1978 now he is a hell of a shot and he's Definitely gooned up military commando style. He's a smaller guy than Peter uh, Ken Foray's character was a lot smaller. But the reason I didn't pick him, he is an honorable mention. But the reason I didn't pick him is because he's a wild card. He is a liability. 
um, as we know, the fans of Dawn of the Dead, he left his bag. You know, he, he had a bag full of tools that he used to hotwire the BP trucks when they were blocking the entrances. But he left it in another truck. So, you know, he, he was kind of going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs as, as, as that scene went on. And that's one of the reasons why Peter said, you know, you're not just playing with your life. You're playing with mine. You know, you got to get shit together type stuff. He's a liability. We can't have any liabilities, man. Like I said, Julie Walker from Return of the Living Dead 3, played by Melinda Clark. She was She's an honorable mention, but everybody has to be alive. It would have been nice to have julie on the team though because it's like julie we know you're not going to eat us so we're good but if you can just go down the path and count do a head count of how many zombies are out there in the horde we would greatly appreciate it and we will reward you some cow brains if we can find some you know you could you can bargain with julie just as long as she don't eat y'all you know it'd be it'd be cool to have a, a, a zombie on the team but then you know you don't want the shit to turn into warm bodies because that's one of the worst zombie movies i've ever seen in my life i, I actually would prefer house of the dead which is one of the worst movies ever made uh, i prefer that over warm bodies you're not going to sit up here and tell me that zombies just casually interact with human beings and love cures the zombie disease Nah, not a believer in it at all um i'm trying to think of another honorable mention here but I cannot. I wanted to say um, LJ, Mike Epps' character from Resident Evil Apocalypse and Resident Evil Extinction. However, this is the word of the day, people. Liability. LJ, he rocked out in part two. He didn't get a chance to let those gold desert eagles off, the duelies at all in Apocalypse. But in part three, he did. But when did he let them off? After he was already bitten. He was bitten in that motel that him and um, Lyndon, oh no, him and uh, Carlos played by Oded Fair. They were checking out a old abandoned motel in the desert somewhere. But what happened? LJ got bit. Did he tell anybody? Nope. He was transforming the entire time, getting sick. And he it wasn't until he finally transformed in the car in the truck with Kmart. Um, I can't remember the actress's name, but her name in the movie was Kmart. It wasn't until he transformed fully that he attacked her and they found out he had been bitten. And what did he do? He bit Carlos. And Carlos knew he was going to die. He was coughing up blood and shit. He was getting sick. So Carlos had to go on a suicide mission. And that's the reason he died. So it's like you're a liability. It's a chain reaction of shit when you are a liability. You fuck up the entire plan, man. We can't have that. Because if it's a zombie apocalypse, I'm telling y'all, I'm trying to survive. I don't want to die. I don't want to get eaten. I don't want to get eaten. And if I did check out, I don't want it to have, I don't want it to be for me getting eaten. I just can't stomach the idea of that, man. Like I said, that's one of the reasons why zombie movies are just ugh, they just they just do it for me as far as a fear factor goes because I don't want to get eaten. I'm still conscious. I know what's going on. Like I know that oh my god, he's he just bit into my calf muscle and he's actually staring at me while he's chewing it. And there goes his friend chewing the rest of it. Up, oh, there goes my internals. Oh no, there's a hand reaching into my eye sockets. Like you are awake and alert for all of this shit, man. Like I nope, can't do it. I'm not going out, man. I'm telling you. And one of the things I should have considered while doing this uh, zombie apocalypse team episode, my list, I should have considered, will we be going up against running zombies or slow walking zombies? Like, what will we be going up against? Because I, honestly, I think running zombies, I think my team would be cool. We would just have to have a different type of urgency because um, I don't smoke anymore, but my lung power is different. 
You know what I'm saying? Like I can make it a couple broad street blocks without using my inhaler. But after that, then what? I got to run while using my inhaler. Now, if we're talking return of living dead zombies, maybe it might be all right. But if we're talking 28 days later, World War Z, fucking uh, as bad as that Day of the Dead 28, uh, 2008 remake was, those zombies were fast. They were crawling on the ceiling. You got to figure out what you're dealing with here. But I kept in mind, and when I made this list, I thought of slow moving zombies because only movies that I mentioned that had fast walking zombies or fast moving zombies were The Return of the Living Dead. Day of the Dead remake and Train to Busan. Train to Busan, I think we would have been a little more fucked. Uh, Day of the Dead also, because they were climbing on the ceilings. But Train to Busan, they were piling up at glass windows. And once it was too many of them, they were busting through the glass windows. That was actually some really subtle, better usage of CD, CG zombies than uh, World War Z was, actually. That's one of the reasons why Train to Busan is one of my top five favorite zombie movies of all time. But... It's my 10 zombie apocalypse team members. People, like I said, I think I would be good. I think I would survive. I'm curious to know, like, what, what would everybody else's uh, picks be? I should do a, um, I should do in the movie group, the Cinemaniacs. I should make that a topic or like a poll or something like that. But people, yours truly, Romero Tudor talking that zombie shit again. That's my favorite genre. Y'all already know I'm going to have more episodes like that. But in the meantime, y'all can follow the episodes on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Radio Public. I keep everybody posted once Anchor starts putting these babies up on more platforms. Hopefully they do that soon. But shout out to my two, the reviewers, my supporters, the listeners that show me love, man. I definitely appreciate y'all still shooting for that 300. Still shooting for that. This is Sparta out here. And I'm going to get there. I will get there for y'all. I will get there for me. I will get there for everybody out there who has been supporting us over the last few months since day one, man. I definitely appreciate and love y'all. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Romero Tudor. Follow the Facebook movie group, The Cinemaniacs. I really do think I might put a poll in there about uh, who would they have in a zombie apocalypse team and would they rather have faster running zombies? I think I had the faster running zombie thing as a topic before, and I think a lot of people said fast zombies are scarier i think it was only me and one other person that agreed that slow zombies are definitely scarier so whoever that was shout out to that person i think i'll remember as time goes on but another episode of tutor reviews in the can people i will check y'all on the next one